Small business owners make all the decisions and thus oftentimes lose track of the outsider's perspective on problem solving. Industry trends, market conditions, and unknown competitors can all have drastic negative impacts on business operation. This podcast episode explores ways a small business owner can problem solve issues they may or may not know their business has. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Hey, Phil, how are things with you today? They're doing great. Thank you for asking. No, things are super busy. You can tell uh, we are in full swing of the holidays, and boy, time is just uh, being compressed really rapidly. Got to love winter in North Idaho, right? Well, the outdoor projects have taken a backseat till spring for sure, well, but the indoor projects that I haven't touched are mounting you know, well. you know my idea of an outdoor project? I do. Barbecue. Mm, well, no, actually. <laughs> hire somebody else to do it. Yeah, I was going to say barbecue. That was the low-hanging fruit. Well, Sorry that, to mention fruit. That's true. That's true. You know what? Right after these podcasts, I do get hungry. So <laughs> I bet you do. Saying the word buffet a hundred times. Something tells me that you, you come into these podcasts hungry as well. That's it. That's it. Well, hey, you know, have you given your business a self-checkup lately? Uh, I, you know, not... Lately, no. Uh, I, I try to constantly c- keep an eye on it, but to actually give it a full-fledged uh, checkup, no, I have not. Kind of a common problem. I had a phone call with a, a dear friend of mine just last week, and his rough times kind of reminded me of how important it is to work on your business, something I think you say quite frequently. This individual started a towing business back in 1989, and for all intent and purposes, ran a very successful business until somewhere around 2010, 2011. It wasn't recession-induced, but around that time, I noticed his attitude had changed. He wasn't his normal jovial self. Red flag. Red flag. He and I never really talked about his business, but being a nosy individual, I am. Nosy Ed. Yeah, nosy Ed. I took note of his office and attitudes. One day he mentioned some problems he was having getting recertified with the county and state. His business was located in California, and I I guess the state cracked down on towing companies for whatever reason. Prior to 2010, my friend had his dad to consult, as he was his original partner in the business. But his dad died, and my friend was on his own. It did not dawn on me until it was way too late. My friend's business was going downhill rapidly because he didn't have an outside third party to help identify business cycles and ways to address them. By 2015, the business was pretty much in free fall. That's when my friend asked me for help, and by that time, I got the picture. It was too late. There really was no saving the business. You know, my question for you, Phil... What are you doing to protect your business from getting obsoleted 
by the industry, market, or competition? Well, that is a, that's a big question. Can I go back to something you said here before I answer that question? Of course. Yeah, so you said that you noticed um, his, his office and attitude were, were different. What, what was different about his office? Because that really kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Cluttered. It was far, far more And he was a very organized person before that. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. It, it was a dramatic change in his normal mode of operation. Interesting. Red flag for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, his attitude was uh, just like bleak and hopeless. I, no, it wasn't bleak and hopeless. Actually, it was more anger. Ah, gotcha. And uh, so, anyway, I appreciate you uh, clarifying that or or expanding on that. So, what do I do to protect my business from getting obsoleted by the industry, competition, market? Well, I'll tell you what. So, I routinely expand my knowledge of social media as often as I can from as many sources as I can. Um, and I also, and this sounds weird, but I keep in healthy contact with those that are in my industry. I'm going to be the first to say I'm not an expert in social media. I, I have a passion for business and social media, I believe, is, is a great tool to level the playing field for small businesses competing with larger businesses that have a bigger uh, 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 ad budget. Um, resources and that sort of thing and so I like the underdog I like to help the underdog and so um, I I do have friendships going with those that are huge in social media and have larger-than-life clients uh, and so I try to stay close close with those people and just have a, um, a good connection with them I can reach out and have conversations with them you know I have a dear friend in California a computer consultant and every now and again, he'll say, hey, Ed, why don't you go to a conference with me? And he'll fly me in or fly me to wherever the conference is and and have me sit there and, and go through the conference. Me, I love education. So I, I just love being able to do this. Well, wh- this one time, he flew me to San Francisco to go attend a Novell networking conference. Now, Novell networking, for those listening, that's like the ancient networking. Now, this was 10 or 15 years ago. But even then, Nobel, then. it was ancient then. It was pretty much obsolete. It, it pretty much lost everything to Microsoft and everybody else. But there was like 30 people, 40 people in the room. And my friend, he used to go to these conferences every year. And he said, yeah, these rooms used to be standing room only. There'd be 1,000 people in this room. Wow. And uh, he said, I came to these conferences not for what was happening up at the podium, but for the conversations that were going on around me. Exactly. And I and I watched him do that. You know, we're sitting in a room with maybe 20 other people, 30 other people. Where are they? Yeah, right, right. Well, then. Yeah. Oh, you're talking. Yeah. Uh, okay. I yeah. thought you were talking about you and I. That's I'm why sorry. you have no hair. <laughs> Thank you. I love the rim shot shot. <laughs> so I watched my friend. He's having conversations with every other person in the room, every one of them competition to him and doing exactly what you just said. He's learning from them. That's how he stays on his game. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so there's a, uh, a, yeah, I'd say 1500 bucks for three days of uh, over 100 speakers down in San Diego, social media marketing world. Uh, we volunteered last year. We're, we're volunteering this year. Uh, it happens in March. And literally, uh, when I'm not actually working, I am talking with 
experts at, at on YouTube, experts on LinkedIn, ex experts on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook ads and just having a conversation because honestly, which probably is my downfall, I don't get intimidated by people. I don't care who it is. I'll have a conversation with them. And if it doesn't go well, it's no uh, hair off my head because there's none left. <laughs> there's but, none left, right. But I'll walk away and strike up another conversation. It really doesn't matter. And I, and I bring in um, some knowledge of things outside of social media that uh, when I find that's a sweet spot, you know, namely you know, wine or something, if someone's having a glass of wine, that's what I start the conversation. And then it always evolves into something that I can take away uh, and glean from. Yeah, there's knowledge everywhere. We just got to keep our eyes open. You know, the challenge of being a sole proprietor is finding ways to combat business atrophy. Yeah, and you, I mean, you use your skill set too, right? You yeah. use your experience and your skill set to help that process along. But you know, year after year, you're doing the same thing over and over. You wake up the same time every day. You do the same thing. You go to bed at the same Eventually, you kind of get tired of it. Yeah, you and do. This, the sole proprietor, they don't have anybody to draw on like what you're talking about. You know, each year during my slow time, which is really, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I complete a SWOT analysis on my business. This being December 6th, I am literally right in the middle of my 14th annual trek through the process. By the way, SWOT stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Um, this really came out of the, my time in the semiconductor industry. Uh, we use the Kaizen method for manufacturing, and, and every year we did a SWOT analysis. We used fishbone, fishbone charts, and, and we really tore lots of Pratt charts whenever we did a, a rebuild. But there's a few different versions of the fishbone diagram that I use depending upon the type of your business. For my business, I always use the 4S diagram. The four S's are surrounding supplier systems skills. There's others for retail and uh, manufacturing and different types. There's, there, I think there's like six or eight different types of fishbone diagrams. I often have to use the fishbone diagram, also called the Ishikawa di diagram, to help pick apart the elements of my business that otherwise I wouldn't be able to identify. I, I have to use these tools because they force me to pull back from the day-to-day -day hustle of my business and take a disciplined look at conditions. W working in our business, honestly, it's like the, the blinders on a horse. Very much so. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. We are totally focused on it. It really does not matter what process you use for your business. It's just mission critical that you get an honest point of view that is not skewed by your natural zeal for your business. Too often, you can hear this more in, in other people. You know, you, you've got that friend and they're, they're starting a new business and they're really excited and they're sharing all kinds of ideas and how they're going to take the world by the ears and, and make a million dollars. And meanwhile, you're sitting there, you're scratching your head, shaking. Yeah, they're not thinking of everything. They're in trouble. No, but you can make it for a short period of time uh, on, on adrenaline alone right that's right but, but can you sustain that no there's very few that can sustain it on that um emotional level and apparently at some point you're going to get right down to it and have to you know actually <laughs> use the you, you yeah you just have a brain fart yeah, right you, now you're, <laughs> you're going to hit the wall you like, cannot like i apparently did right yeah, now you cannot sprint constantly eventually you got to 
slow down and pull into your natural your natural rhythm here. So, you know, so I, I kind of thought let's let's kind of go through a SWOT analysis again. Do you, a SWOT analysis right now? Yeah, right now. Let's right. let's do a kind of a quick and dirty SWOT analysis of your business. Um, oh, really? Of mine? Yeah, because I we talk all the time, and and I know Phil's not using the SWOT analysis, and he's been saying to me, "Hey, you you ought to teach me how to do that." So here we go. Okay, great. <laughs> That's just fantastic. So quest- I thought we were supposed to warn each other before we did these sort of things. No, no, no. It's far, far funner if you just do I this. I can't wait till next week's episode. Actually, you know, it it, it it is it's easier than one might think, and and you bring up a point as to why small business people avoid doing these things. They think they're hard. Why do small business people fail to write down their business plan? Because they think it's hard. It doesn't have to be. It could be very simple. It could be one page. That's right. A one-page action plan yep. is far more effective than in nothing zero. written That's down. Right. Back to that 70% is better than you know right. nothing, right? So, Phil, what would you say is your biggest strength, the thing that gives you an advantage over others in your field? So that's, uh, you know, this actually uh, makes me talk positively about myself, which I'm not great at doing, but I will do it for the sake of this exercise. I think part of it is my outgoing personality. Uh, I think that I bring a positive outgoing personality to almost every situation. Um, I think also my experience in business and who I've surrounded myself with through the years, uh, whether it's my Uncle Chuck or Jim Sweeney, who owned the uh, lumberyard in uh, West Seattle, even my cousin Tove, who started a valet company and then went and, and created validated the, the app. Uh, there are and those are just three, but there are lots of people. And I would say you, Ed, Ed, oh, I'm, that's, that's I'm nice. saying because you're in the room, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, and then just a genuine love for business. I, I, I kind of, there's a part of me that cringes when somebody says, oh, there's a, there's a market uh, void that could be filled, and I'm going to fill that. But you don't have a love for that particular um, industry or whatever. Kind of hard that, to do it. Yeah. You know, and when we talk about the Innovation Collective and their, their, their um people bringing ideas to this group of people, um, the community. And they, and then it's said, look, if you're coming in here to steal other people's ideas, it's probably not going to work because, because it's not your passion. It doesn't come from your heart. And so you're not going to have that drive as you, as that person will, because it's their idea. So a genuine love for business, outgoing personality, I think. Um, and just my experience in business, is, is okay. kind of what I, I consider some strengths of myself. Now, what would you say is your weakness? The thing that puts you your business at a disadvantage to others in your field. How much time do we have? You have like 32 seconds. Ooh, okay, so. Um, well, I, I'm I, kidding. Take, take all the time you need. I'll go 48 seconds. Um, uh, I think my lack of systems, which I am continually trying to work on and hone. I, I do have systems on the everyday things, but I'd like to create and expand on those systems. I think that's a weakness. Um, you know, I am supposed to know everything about Facebook ads and I, I don't. And part of it goes back to that genuine love of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I Facebook ads and ads in general are something I don't have a passion for. The reason I like social media is that I can use the social aspect of that to help grow businesses. That's what I love. Okay. But then 
now you have to pay to play and so you have to learn about ads it's not something that does not come easily for me again marketers ruin everything that's it yeah um and then moving quickly to social media changes i i'm a little slower Fortunately, I live with someone who is trying things new all the time. And so she will say, well, this was a waste of time. I'm like, good, I don't have to spend time on that. Or she'll say, you really need to check this out. And so then I'll spend some time with that. Yeah. So those are my weaknesses, I would say. Okay, next, what about the biggest opportunity, the element of your business that you could exploit over your competition? So you help me um, to understand, and this is why it's nice to have uh, a a, re a close relationship with someone you trust that the people in our networking group aren't they're not large companies that have bottomless resources to get the word out and market so I created a package for basically for that group that I've expanded and it's I call it my small business spectacular package and Ooh. uh yeah i know it's it is a spectacular, spectacular name too i know it's a small i need like a sound effect here of fireworks well maybe when maybe they're there we don't know the fireworks are definitely in my head right now so that's good uh among other things but yeah so i created this which was a a, a price point that i felt that a small business could live with and try to give the biggest bang for that buck and so um, I'm actually expanding on that. My margins are pretty good on that. I actually have my assistant do most of that work, not all of it, but most of it. And so that's helpful for me. So that spring, that, that uh, creates some time to do other things. Um, also continue to educate people. I think that's always an opportunity and I try to take advantage of any opportunity I have presented to me to be able just to talk about business or social media in general okay. so yeah. lastly what's one of your threats the things your business things in your business that could cause major trouble <laughs> well if facebook <laughs> ceased <laughs> to exist it, it would obviously be a big impact on my business there's plenty of social media platforms out there and you know facebook is a part of yeah, i'd say a large part but a, a part of the social media platforms that have really um, taken business marketing to a different level uh, and if they disappear there will be other things that replace it uh, that I'm not worried about that but for sure like if Facebook and Instagram cease to exist uh, like tomorrow that would certainly change things for me immediately well then you highlight the importance you know when determining the health and future direction for your business it is critical that you identify both internal as well as external factors that impact your business. The strengths and weaknesses kind of help identify the internal issues, while opportunities and threats often highlight external issues. Now, it's not always the case, but see if you can prove it wrong. Sit down and perform a simple SWOT analysis of your business and see if you can identify external threats or weaknesses or an internal threat or opportunity. Herein lies my secret to being able to review and improve my business without external help. I work to crash the system. Uh, several years ago, when I was still primarily doing so can, I, can I touch on that? You sure, sure. actually work to crash your system. I do. Okay, so that's basically like a football team self-scouting. Pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, you're looking as objective as possible to be as self-aware 
as possible in a in the truest form. That's right. That's right. Okay. It, okay. In in the in the Sandler training system, I like I was saying, I was I went through some sales training back when I was primarily selling trade show displays, building, designing, and selling trade show displays. And the system was called the Sandler Training Series, Sales in Three Circles. Um, in their system, they, they call this going for the no. In the sales environment, you want to get to the point where the client says no as quickly as possible. If they're going to say no, let's not spend an hour getting there. It, it lead to it as quickly as possibly. Zid Ziegler also referenced a similar approach as it pertains to sales. Business improvement is really a sales task, but from the resource side of the equation. The goal is to find the critical flaw in your system or another way to put it, find the chink in the armor. So last question for you, Phil, do you have any chinks in your business armor? Well, of course. Um, I think those that have a greater knowledge of the ever-changing social media la landscape are uh, ones that would probably keep me from excelling. Also, I think my lack of uh, systems as they are right now, and I know I've said that a couple times, but they could really cause problems quickly as I'm growing. And so those two things, uh, probably the systems. Probably the systems and not having those systems for, uh, you know, as I as I grow and and. Well, so I, I think the listener, you, you can see how a SWOT analysis can help. But the most important element is that we just take an honest look at our business. So quick review. We all must perform an honest assessment of our business frequently. We all must identify potential fail points for our business, and we must write everything down. Otherwise, it's an idea, not a plan. A quick side note. You got a quote for the day? I do, but I, I would like a quick side note. Sure. So it's best to do this um, at least once a year, right? At least. At least once a year. There are some people who say quarterly is even, well, obviously it'd be better, but quarterly, if you can do it quarterly, that you'll be way ahead of the game. Well, actually, though, glad you brought that up. So if you do it too often, though, then you're never really proving the model. Sometimes, you know, like I do knee, my knee-jerk reaction sort of thing. You know, I do my SWOT analysis between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then between Christmas and New Year's is when I actually roll out the changes. But I really don't get traction until about March when the gotcha. season starts to pick back up. If I then repeated the SWOT analysis... I really haven't given it enough time to work. How about bi biannually? Biannually could work. Yeah, you know, and maybe not for major changes, but just something just to, to reassess to make sure you're going in the right direction. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So this year, my SWOT analysis is showing that I, I actually took on too many services last year. And I really knew that come June, August, somewhere between June, July, right. August time frame. So did you already start to subtly make changes? Uh, sort of, okay. but I, I was disciplined enough to wait for the SWOT analysis to have the full to plan. To confirm, okay. Because uh, other, otherwise, it's just an idea. Again, yeah. let's go to number three. Write it down. Otherwise, it's just an idea. It's not a plan. All right, you want a quote of the day. This I want is, a quote of the day. This is a good quote. I, I love this. I wanted not to say it because of the person that gave the quote. I can't pronounce the name, but I'm going to say it anyway. A good reputation is more valuable than money. Publius Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Publius Cyrus. 
Publius Cyrus. And Publius Cyrus, so I'm very sorry for how my partner pronounced your name. I'm so sorry myself. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to today's Business Buffet podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.